This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Cosmic conflict, and specifically now we're talking about the armor of God. Have you been getting some good stuff out of this? I know I've enjoyed studying and preparing. I've done this before, but I'm learning something, you know. That's the thing about it, you know, when you teach something, you learn too, don't you? Amen. So we're so glad. Today, we're going to be talking about the helmet of salvation. And remember, the the armor of God equips us to engage the devil, our enemy, his minions, and to to have confidence as we approach uh, any any battle. And, And we're assured also of victory as we wear the armor of God. Now, let me just remind you, there are three pieces of armor that are offensive weapons, and these are uh, uh, the, sword, uh, the, the, the offensive weapons are uh, the shoes of peace, the sword of the Spirit, and then the lance of prayer, which we haven't gotten to yet. And the defensive weapons are the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and today's study, the helmet of salvation. And then there's one, I call it a neutral, uh, uh, if you will, weapon, which is the, we talked about this, the belt of truth. That's the Word of God. And every one of these, as we've talked about before, all of these pieces of armor, God's armor, are dependent upon that belt of truth. That's what holds everything in place. That's what undergoods everything is God's Word. Amen? If we, if, if we let go of that, all of this other falls to the ground. Amen? So we're going to be talking about it. Turn, if you will, to Ephesians 6. Let's just read our, this has kind of been our base text that we launch out from these last few weeks in studying this. In verse 17, Paul writing, he said, take, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. Now, when Paul was describing these pieces of armor, he had in mind uh, the Roman soldier of his day, which was really the elite warrior in the natural, the the Roman army was the most feared, the most uh, uh, disciplined, the best well-trained, the best equipped army of its day. And this helmet of salvation was really something pretty spectacular. I mean, when you saw a Roman soldier go by with this helmet on, I mean, he was easy to spot because it was a, it covered the helmet even down the cheekbones, it covered in the back. And on top, it usually had uh, some brightly colored, either a horse's mane that was dyed or some kind of feathers or something that was brightly colored. I mean, when you saw him marching, I mean, that thing was beautiful. And it was a heavy piece of metal that, fit, that, that comprised this helmet that fit over them because it had to sustain the blows in battle. You know, they had swords, they had lances. They had bows and arrows, but they also had something called a battle axe. It was a heavy-weighted thing, and they would, in close combat, that they would use to just smash people's heads in. And so you had to have this helmet in place because if you didn't, you wouldn't last very long. And the same thing is true spiritually. If we do not fit that helmet of salvation, if we do not keep it in place, we are going to be susceptible to the blows of the enemy And the enemy we're going to see in today's study 
his primary target to get you is that blow to the head and particularly to the mind. Anybody, uh, I know uh, Dr. Wells is here and there's others that may be in the medical field, but you know this, that a trauma to the head is one of the most serious wounds that you can have in the natural. I mean that, you know, when you know they had a trauma, a blow to the head that is very serious. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to attack our minds. He wants to deliver that blow so that what? So that we become ineffective for the kingdom of God. So the helmet's purpose is to protect and guard the mind. Now notice, he talks about this, uh, you know, as Paul introduces his armor, he said it's to protect us from the wiles, King James says, W-I-L-E-S, the wiles of the devil. Now that wiles, word wiles, literally could be translated this way, by means of a road. The devil is looking for an inroad into your mind, into your thought life. And this is what his wiles is all about. He wants to attack your thought life. He wants to get you into wrong thinking, which leads to wrong believing, which leads you susceptible to his deception and his oppression. And so he's looking for a particular inroad into your thought life, into your imagination. And by using that, he can come in and create a deceptive way of thinking. And listen, you know, our minds, boy, if you don't have on the helmet of salvation, I'm telling you, you're already captive and you may not even know it. But probably if you're captive, you usually know it, don't you? A stronghold. The Bible talks about strongholds in our mind. This is what he's talking about. It is a stronghold, an inroad that he is, because we did not uh, have on the helmet of salvation firmly, and so we did not have uh, uh, the ability to resist those thoughts, those imaginations that the enemy brought to us, and so we fell for that deception. Listen, there's... To me, at least in my limited understanding through the years of living the Christian life and teaching and watching others, this is where I see there's three. We could go ad infinitum about the different inroads that the enemy uses in our life if we got to particular. We could make a list that would probably stretch across the United States. But let me just give you three kind of broad areas that that. I have found that the enemy usually wants to create an inroad or uses as an inroad to do something specific or particular in building his stronghold. And that is this. He, he will say this, has God said? You remember in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve, they were in right standing with God. The devil didn't come in there and knock them in the head with a big boulder. He didn't didn't run a sword through them. He didn't zap them with some kind of hellish lightning or something. What did he say to them? Has God said? He immediately did what? He attacked their thought life. He went straight for their minds. Has God said? Because what does that create? As soon as I entertain that, exactly, it creates doubt. And that's what the enemy wants to do, is to get you to doubt. Doubt God's Word. 
Doubt God's character. Doubt God's will do what He said He will do. Has God said? The other one is, uh, the other two is, can God and will God? After he questions, has God said something? Has God really promised that? Is that really what God said? Does God really the wisest information about how to live your life. I mean, after all, there's a lot of smart people out there in this world. I mean, they got more degrees than a thermometer. And they say, come on, we're inundated with that. The experts, the professionals, and all of that, it inundates our minds, and it wants to get control, and it wants us to bring it to place, has God said, or if he can't get that, he said, can God? Can, I mean, can God? I mean, you people at Passion Church believing in miracles. This is the 21st century. Come on, man. Can God? Can God? I mean, sickness attacks your body. Lack attacks your finances. And that thought wants to come to your mind, can God really do that? I mean, Pastor Norris gets up here at the offering time, but he's really just after your money. Can God really bless you? Will God really bless you? Will he do it for you? Now, I know he'll do it for this person or that, but will he do it for you? He's what? He's looking for an inroad into your life. Can God really heal your marriage? I mean, you know, the world said just, I mean, just, you know, just chalk it up to experience and go get another one. Well, honey, the next one might be worse than the last one. <laughs> Amen. Can God heal this relationship? Can God deliver my son from drugs or my daughter? Will God do it? Come on. And see, if you fall for that, you start thinking that you're going to start believing that way. You're going to start talking that way. And the enemy is going to build a stronghold of deception in your life. And then you've cut yourself off from God's grace and ability to help you. Doesn't mean you're not a child of God, but God can't help you. Amen? If, if God says, I will, but you say God won't, if God says, I can, but you say, God cannot. If God says, I will, but you say, I don't believe He will. You cut yourself off from God. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. So the helmet's purpose, it protects and guards the mind, doesn't it? <clears throat> Look over, if you will. Look in, you, we know this scripture, but read it. We're going to read it anyway. Romans 12. Listen, church. This is where we live our faith. Are you listening? This, listen, Sunday morning is a, a small part of our faith life. It's important, but it's a small part. Because what, what are you doing the rest? Six and point seventy five percent of your day, your week. Isn't that true? Now, you know, we all remember, and I, I, I talk about this as an example, but it's a good one. You know, what sank the great ship Titanic, you know, back in the early 1900s, it wasn't the ice that was sticking up that was seen. It was all that that was below the surface that they couldn't see 
that tore the hole in this unsinkable ship, and down it went. And so, you know, the, the, the tip of the iceberg, we could say, is Sunday morning. It's important. It's, it's valuable. It, we, we need that. But I'm telling you, what we're talking about now, the armor of God, this is where we live and we either, we either are, 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 are swimming, we're sinking, or we're, we're floating, or we're sinking because of what's taking place Monday through Saturday. Can we grab hold of this truth and put on the helmet of salvation and use it as God intended so that there are no inroads the enemy can make? Romans, uh, yeah, Romans 12, 2, you know this one, but listen to it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. What is the inroad about? Thinking becomes a pattern. If you think a certain way long enough, it becomes habitual. It's a pattern. And the enemy wants to do it. You know, I, I've, I've told you before about this. I grew up way in the country. I mean, they had just about had to pipe in the sunlight. And it was a dirt road. And man, in the summertime, if a vehicle went by, everything got dusty. Because it was so dry, I mean, it was just a coat and everything. And if it rained and vehicles went by, I mean, man, that old, it was that old, you know, that, that red dirt, you know, that old clay stuff. And I mean, they would make ruts in it and everything. Then the sun would come out and just bake it. I mean, it would just be hard as plaster. Well, you know, if a vehicle was running down the road after that happened with those big ruts there, if, if you weren't careful and you let your tire, your direction, get over in that rut, you know what it would do? It would just jerk that vehicle right over in it. And it would make that vehicle go that way until you got control of it again. That's what the patterns of, of the enemy is. He wants to make an inroad. He wants to create a rut of wrong thinking in your life. And all of a sudden, uh, the, your, the wheels of your life get caught in that thing, and boom, it goes in a direction you don't want it to go. Don't be conformed to this world, the pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what this helmet of salvation is all about. We put it on, and the process of putting it on is called the renewing of the mind. <coughs> Pardon me. So that means what? We have to walk, we have to know and walk in all the benefits of our salvation. Now, Part of that benefit is, we know this, is that our sins are forgiven. This is part of salvation. And we are made a child of God. The scriptures talk about it, talk about being made a child of God. They talk about, Jesus referred to it as being born again. Born from above, literally is what that means. Born of the Spirit. Titus said it's by the regeneration of the Holy Ghost. Our inward man is made you. Our sins are forgiven. Okay? But that's not all that salvation is. It's much more than that. Now, that's, that's the essential. That's the important part. That's the gateway. That's the doorway. But there's a lot more in the room of salvation. Look over, if you will, Psalm 103. I like the way that David puts it together here. Psalm 103. <clears throat> We're going to read verse 2. Listen to what he says here. He says, Praise the Lord, my soul. 
Now we know this, we talked about this, our soul, what, is our, comprised of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And today we're talking about the mind. That, and that's really what the helmet of salvation, it covers that, the mind, because your thinking has a whole lot to do with your emotional state in being. You start feeling, uh, you know, you start thinking, oh, I'll tell you, my life is so bad. Yeah, nothing's going right. That's right. I mean, and you know, before you know it, you're having a conversation with the devil instead of the Holy Ghost. And you're agreeing with him instead of the, instead of the Spirit of God. And I mean, the more, I found this out. I, you know, I'm human too. You ever got, got an old pity party? Start feeling sorry for yourself. Next thing you know, man, you start thinking like that. And you, man, you really are blue. Black and blue. You're just, oh. So he said, praise the Lord, oh my soul. How do you do that? By what? Do not forget all his benefits. The thought hits you, well, you know what? God's not going to do it for you this time. Oh, it's not going to happen this time. I mean, look, I mean, it don't look like nothing's happening. You prayed, what's happening? You prayed, it's things are going getting worse. What's going to happen? What's going on here? Oh, I tell you what, I, you know, I don't know if God's going to do it for you this time. And you start grabbing a hold of that. And man, you're going to get depressed. But he says, if you will remember all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Oh, I just, man, Pastor, I'm just in the pit. Well, let me, I got good news for you. God's redeemed you from the pit. The only people in the pit are the pitiful. If you look at that, really, that literally means full of the pit. Well, I don't want to be full of the pit. I was, I was hearing yesterday, it was about a young man. I think he, uh, uh, he's, uh, excuse me, Auburn people. He was a, a, a Bama fan, but he had Down syndrome. And somebody was kind of, you know, and he just, they talk about he's just the happiest, most upbeat guy you'll ever meet. You know, and, and somebody said, oh, it must be bad having Down syndrome. He said, I don't have Down syndrome. He said, I got Up syndrome. I've seen some Christians that need to get some up syndrome. I like that. I like the way he put that. That was well put, wasn't it? I ain't got down syndrome. I got up syndrome. He redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. See, some people have got this inroad the enemy's created in their mind. And they're looking for the next bad. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm just waiting for the next. I know something. Man, yeah, it's been good, but I know something. Ba- you know, got to weigh it out. You know, with every good thing, you got to weigh it out with something bad. Well, where's that at in the Scripture? So your youth is renewed as the eagle. So we put on the helmet what we walk in the benefits of salvation. So you need to find out what is what has God provided for you in Christ Jesus? Only way to find that out. There's, you can't go to a, a, a philosopher. You can't go to some great guru. You can't go to the greatest libraries in the world. You know where you need to go to? To the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Because that's where what? The will and the mind of God for us in this age is revealed. I'm talking about spiritual things. Are you listening to me? 
I'm talking about things that relate to our salvation, to our deliverance in this cosmic conflict from the enemy, the devil. And there is no other way to fight him. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So we can't use the flesh and blood means of men and their, their logic, their intellect to defeat him. But rather we have the mind of Christ, the mind of God revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in this book. And we use it to defeat him. So we walk in salvation's benefits. Are you walking in the benefits? This is, this is just some of them. This is kind of a summation. There are many benefits. There's 7,000 promises in the Bible. Surely there's one that covers your situation. Probably many. But all you need is one. So he says, put on the helmet. So we walk in the, how do we do that? We walk in the benefits of salvation by getting our mind renewed with the help of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. What does God say about your situation? Are you listening? Now we know this. Paul said, writing to Timothy, he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear. One of the big inroads that the enemy brings into people's lives is fear. And fear comes, what? Starts up here in the mind. What if? 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 What if you get sick? What if, what if your wife gets sick? What if your kids get sick? What if you have an accident? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if you don't have enough? What if you lose your house? What, 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 what if? And as soon as you start believing the what ifs instead of what God said, you're going to allow a spirit of fear to get an inroad and build a stronghold and you're going to go through life and even if everything that you fear doesn't happen to you you're still going to live life without joy without peace that's not what God has for us we got to put on the helmet of salvation the word there you know in 2 Timothy 1 7 we won't read that he said you know the scripture he said God's not given us a spirit of fear but of power love and a that word, a sound mind, the word sound there, that word comes from uh, a root word of salvation, soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A in the Greek. And it means salvation, but it also means safety, deliverance, blessing, health, peace. It's It's a totality word. God didn't come just to save a part of us. If God's plan wasn't to save the whole man, there would be no need of a resurrection. Why is God going to resurrect all believers? Why is He going to resurrect their bodies? Why is He going to give us a new body if that's not part and plan of His salvation? And the down payment of that right now is health and healing. I know our bodies are going to age. I'm not saying that. You know, know, if the Lord tarries, our bodies age. You know, I don't look quite the same as I did 20 years ago. How about you? But part of that salvation is that I can have health and healing in my body. Now, health and healing for me at 65 is a little bit different than health and healing at 45. You know, at 45, I didn't need reading glasses. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I can see you fine. I can see the drive fine. But you know what? When I'm reading, especially the, the Bible, the small print there, and I don't want to bring up a big family Bible, I, so I need some help. But that doesn't mean my eyes are sick. It just means they, what? They're aging. We're, 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 the body is not redeemed yet totally. 
But the down payment of that in salvation is what? Is health and healing for our bodies. As your days, so shall your strength be. Amen? And that's what I'm believing for. I don't know about you. But a sound mind means a mind that understands and knows what has been uh, provided for us in salvation. That's a sound mind. So if you're thinking contrary to God's promises, to God's salvation as revealed in the Scripture, don't be offended, but you're, you don't have a sound mind. There's areas of your mind that are not sound. They're not correct. They're not aligned with the kingdom of God and with God's salvation. And so we get our minds renewed. We put on this helmet of salvation. And so when the enemy and the thought hits us, and listen, Thoughts of doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, unbelief, sickness, failure, you're no good, you're not worth anything. Those are some of those arrows we were talking about last week. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. Those are the fiery arrows of the enemy, and we need to recognize them. Don't be caught with them any more than you'd be caught with drugs. They're they're illegal, unwarranted inroads that the enemy's trying to make into your mind. But I got news for the devil. I don't belong to him. I said, I don't belong to him. His work and his thoughts have no place in my life. Now, These sound mind, you know, the rational mind, you know, we're intelligent creatures. God made us that way. And sometimes, you know, when we're we're dealing with uh, contrary circumstances, that's where the enemy sometimes makes an inroad. Because you look at things, you know, kind of like the, you know, there was a a particular so-called, not really, Christian cult, you know, they didn't believe that sickness and disease were real. And so, you know, uh, this uh, lady who was a member of that church, you know, her, her father was ill, not able to come to church. And, of course, the, the, he wasn't really a pastor, whatever you want to call him. They called him a pastor. When she'd come to church, he'd ask, well, how's your dad? Does he still think he's sick? You know, and that went on for some time. And then one Sunday when they met, said, well, how's your dad? Does he still think he's sick? She said, no, we buried him. He thinks he's dead. That's, see, we're not talking about being silly like that. Circumstances are real, aren't they? Pain is real. Sickness is real. The enemy is real. We're not saying that. But see, it's at times like that, those rational times when our circumstances and things are coming against us that are very real, that's the whole time we've got to put on the helmet of salvation. Remember that, you know what? While my circumstances are real, God's truth is bigger. It is more real. Are you listening? Absolutely. And those rational times when our circumstance, man, I've been there. Lord, He knows I've been there. When I mean the devil and his thoughts were like, yeah, buddy, tell you what, you've come through some things, but boy, this is it. This is the big one. This one's going to take you down. This one's going to take you under. And everything he said sure looked like it lined up with what I could see. Anybody ever been there? (laughs) Oh, man. And, oh, you want so much to agree with it. Oh, I want to tell somebody so somebody will feel sorry for me. 
Y'all know y'all have ever been there, huh? That's the time when we've got to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now this is real. But what has God said? See, there's the natural that we're looking at. But then there's something in the Bible in God's kingdom called the supernatural. Now let me just help you a little bit. Supernatural doesn't mean ghosts and goblins and hanks and all that. That's not the supernatural. That's a phony image the devil wants you to believe is the supernatural. The supernatural just means this. Super means above or greater than. So there is the natural wherein we are living and there are circumstances there. But then there is the super greater than, above, more powerful than the natural, which is in God and in His kingdom and in His Word. And so I take and look at the supernatural, and I say, yep, that's real. But then I go to the supernatural. You know, they talk about athletes, you know, and, you know in sports and all. And they talk about them, you know, having another gear. You see those guys running. And all of a sudden, man, they hit another gear, and they just run off. See, that's what the supernatural weapons of our warfare, the supernatural armor is. When we put on God's armor, we can hit another gear that's greater than our natural circumstances. The Bible says, because the enemy, or the devil, the God of this age, and the God of the cosmos, really that word cosmos there, which means uh, world view. That's why I used a, 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 a cosmic conflict as a title over all of this thing. Because the enemy wants to create within you his world view. He wants to create in you a false insight and understanding about God, about His kingdom, about creation, about morality. We could go right on down the list. He's working night and day, pumping out His propaganda. Boom, 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 boom. God didn't create the world. That just happened. God didn't create men and women. That was evolution. Now, you can't judge whether something's moral or not. Who gave you the power to do that? You're being judgmental. You're being critical. Don't you criticize this action or that action. Don't call it immoral. You can't do any of that. Pumping it out. Pumping it out. And if you don't have on your helmet of salvation, the next thing you know, you're going to find yourself starting to agree with it. And see, here's the thing. When you get... Some of the devil's worldview and thinking up here, and some of the kingdom's worldview and thinking up here. What did Brother James call that? Double-mindedness. And he said, what will the double-minded person receive from the Lord? Nothing. Well, I can't tell you that you're going to receive something when God says nothing. Now, let me just say something here because I want to help you out as your pastor. See, a lot of times people come to me. They're, they're thinking the wrong thing, they're believing the wrong thing, and they come to me and they want me to pray. Well, listen, if God can't do anything for you in that condition, what do you think I'm going to be able to do? 
But boy, I'm, you know, we want pastor or somebody else we know. Boy, they're going to pray us through. Don't matter what I think, don't matter what I'm believing, don't matter all the junk's coming out of my mouth or how I'm living, just any kind of way, do whatever you want to do. But you know, I'm going to go up there to that church and Pastor Norris, he's going to pray me through. Not. Boy, it gets awful quiet when you start. Wow, this clock's going crazy up here. There ain't no minutes, there ain't no hours, just going crazy. Oh, there it is. For a minute there, I thought I had more time. The God of this age, what is he trying to tell you? What is he trying to, to tell you? You know, he comes to us and he says, you know what? You know how you are. You know good. God don't love you. I mean, look at the, I mean, look at what you just said. Look at what you just, look at that attitude you had. Look at that. Look at that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The enemy, he wants to do that. He's doing his best to make an inroad. So you and I need to put on the helmet of salvation by the renewing of our mind and understanding what God has done for us. The transformed mind. The transformed mind. Look in Romans real quickly. We've got to start closing here. Romans 12. Listen. Or Romans 13, excuse me. Verse 12. The night is nearly over. I'm telling you. Satan's days are limited. I mean, we're closer to the end than we've ever been. Man, if Paul wrote this 2000, nearly 2,000 years ago and he said, the Lord is nigh, you know he's nigh now. He's nigher, if there's such a word. <laughs> he's nearer. The time of his return, isn't that right? It's almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness. How do we do that? Renew our mind. And put on the armor of light. In Ephesians, he called it God's armor. But, of course, we know that God is light, isn't he? He dwells in the light where no man approaches. In the Old Testament, it says God's a fire from the, from the loins up and from the loins down. Whoo! He's brighter than a sun, a star. He's light. He said, you put on this armor, it's the armor of light. You know, I've shared this with you before. It don't matter how dark a room is. Pull all the curtains. Paint all the windows with, with dark paint. It can be. It doesn't, how, as soon as you turn on the light, where does the dark go? See, the darkness, get this church, the darkness has no real substance. It is merely the absence of light. Because if it had substance, then the light would have to be of a certain strength to push it out. But I'm telling you what, you can just take a little old four-watt four nightlight, and darkness can't overcome it. You can strike a, strike a match, darkness can't overcome it. So he said, you put on this armor of light, and he said, what? Darkness can't overcome it. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. See, this, this, is, this is the world system. It's dog eat dog. It's every person for themselves. I'm going to step, over, step on and step over whoever I need to to get to the top. I'm not going to be satisfied with how God's blessed me. I'm going to be jealous because somebody's got more than I got. 
And we're certainly not going to judge anybody for their sexual preference in the way they lived there. We couldn't do that. That would, that would be, you know, you're, you're being narrow-minded. Well, the most open-minded place I can think of is a landfill and the garbage dump. It'll take anything. I'm not going to let my mind take anything in. Just anything. Are you listening? I'm not just going to be so wide open that I don't guard my mind. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? This armor and renewing of our mind, we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And there's more to the desires of the flesh than just sexual immorality, but I don't have time to go in it. So what do we need to discover real quickly as we close here? If, if I'm going to put on this helmet of salvation and keep it firmly and tightly in place, I need to learn, first of all, what Jesus did by His death, His burial, His resurrection, and His ascension. Some people call it the in Christ revelation that God gave Paul. But we need to know what Jesus accomplished for us at the cross, through His burial, through His resurrection, through His ascension, all of those components of our salvation have given us all that we need, as Peter said, for life, this life, and godliness. And you need to know what that is. Otherwise, the enemy is going to deceive you. He's going to make an inroad into your life. He's going to keep you uh, robbed of peace, of joy, of victory, of blessing. Of, of usefulness for the kingdom of God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You need to find that out. Get in the book. Get in the book. What if you ate one meal a week? We'd be seeing less and less of you, wouldn't we? One meal a week. I mean, you, I mean, you might could do that for a while, but it wouldn't be long. Before it would catch up with you, wouldn't it? I mean, at first you might think, hey, I wouldn't mind losing a few pounds. But you did that month after month after month. Pretty soon, you wouldn't even be able to get up out of bed, let alone go to work. But yet people will neglect feeding themselves spiritually. They come on Sunday morning. They get, uh, you know, a meal that we, we serve up here. And you try to go the rest of the week, week after week, with one meal. It's no wonder you don't have victory. It's no wonder you don't have the armor of God on. And then secondly, after what we understand what Jesus did by His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, then what the Holy Spirit and the Word are doing in my life right now. What are they? The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us. Well, let me ask you, is He? Is He helping you? In what way? Can you define how He's helping you? Are there specific examples? Is there, there de definite times? Remember, we talked about that last week with our shield of faith, that we need to get into the presence of God on a regular basis. When we get into the presence of God, that's the Holy Spirit, isn't He? And the Holy Spirit who lives in us and who has come upon us, and He wants to fellowship with us, but not only fellowship with us, He wants to teach us, He wants to guide us, and He wants to reveal Jesus and the, what Jesus has already done and what Jesus is desiring to do right now. See, 
when it becomes personal, when it becomes a living reality in my life day by day, week by week, then it's no longer just a Sunday morning thing. This is my life. My life is hid with Christ in God. I am am having communion and communication, and I'm being taught, and I'm being strengthened. My mind is being renewed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And I've got on the helmet of salvation, and I'm not going to fall for the lies and the deception, the wiles, the inroads of the enemy. Now, let me give you some action points. We're going to close. Are you struggling with a particular inroad in your thought life? And listen, you need to be honest with yourself. If, you, if you're not honest with God and honest with yourself, you're just going to keep on playing little mind, mind games with the devil. No, I'm fine, Pastor. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And we all know every time we see you, you look like you, you, know, you, you barely could get one foot in front of the other. You look like, you know, God died. We can tell on your countenance something's not right. And man, as soon as you speak, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be confirmed. You know, we need to be honest. Is there a, a struggle? Maybe, maybe, you know, you have a hard time believing that you are worthy. Your self-worth. That God could love you, that other people could love you, that you're valuable. It could be, there are all kind of areas. Maybe you really struggle with believing that, that, that God wants you to succeed in life, to enjoy the blessings of salvation and the blessings of life. It could be in any other areas. Or maybe the enemy's deceived you that, you know, your marriage is just not going to work out. That relationship, it's, it's no way. No way. <clears throat> Do you know the benefits provided for you by Jesus' salvation? Not just the forgiveness of sins. Yes, that is essential. That is paramount. That is absolutely important. But there are other things too. Because we're still living in this life. We're still down here. God has a plan and a purpose for us. And then, have you renewed your mind to think in harmony with God's worldview? The world is presenting its worldview about morality, about how we're to live our lives, about how we relate to creation and to one another, about marriage, about how we raise our kids, about all kinds of things. But so does God. So who are we listening to? This is a decision. This is a thing you need to... You listen, you need to really think about this. So, so many Christians are going through life asleep. Well, you know, this is just it. This is the way it is, you know. This is life, you know. I know we're Christians and all that, but, you know. And it really, it makes no difference in your life at all until you die. Then you go to be with the Lord. We're grateful for that. We're, we're rejoiced with you on that. But it, the, you're, you're believing, uh, you, you know, the way you live in your life, you live it just like everybody else does. It's, there's absolutely no difference in the way you perceive things, the way you interact in relationships and with the world. It, it's all the same thing. It's no different. I feel so sorry for you. You're asleep. 
Paul said, awake unto righteousness. What? Awake unto what? I'm a, I'm a child of God now. I've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the God's kingdom. Now I need to find out what that kingdom's about, what has been provided for me, and renew my mind, get that helmet of salvation on, along with the breastplate of righteousness, and man, peace, and then the, the truth about me. I'm going to take up the sword of the Spirit, and I'm going to live my life as a kingdom citizen in this life. Well, will you bow your heads? I want to pray. Father, we thank you for the armor of light, for your armor that you've given us. Father, I pray that each of us will soberly, soberly think about where we are right now in our Christian walk. If we truly have on your armor, the helmet of salvation, are our minds being bombarded by the enemy's accusations, and thoughts, fears, and guilts, condemnation? Lord, I pray today that each one of us will examine ourselves. And where we need to, Father, we will get into the book, your book, the Bible. We will find out what has been accomplished and provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will put on the helmet of salvation by renewing our mind. We will resist those thoughts and give no inroads to the enemy. We will walk in peace. We'll walk in joy. We'll walk in love. We'll walk in faith. We'll walk in victory that you have provided. And I pray this in Jesus' name. If you keep your heads bowed just for a moment longer. If you're here this morning and you've never received the salvation we're talking about. This is the starting place. The Bible says that Jesus came. He was the incarnate, perfect Son of God. And He went to a place called Calvary. And there He took upon Himself all of our sins, our judgment, the wrath of God that was due us. It all fell on Him there. So that by faith in Him, we might be justified, forgiven of our sins before God. But God has done His part. Now we must do our part. And that is, He said, if we will believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised Him from the dead and we will confess Him as Lord, we will receive the salvation. If you've never done that, I want to just pray with you real quickly right where you're seated. But if you would just raise your hand and I'll know I'm praying for you. And I'm just going to take a moment. If that's you, you want to be in on this prayer and say, Pastor Norris, I want to receive this wonderful and great salvation. Pray for me. If you just lift your hand, I'm going to look just for a moment. I'm going to take long. Thank you, Father. All right, I don't see any hands. So you may look up here just for a moment if you would. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.